All right, Chris Scheim, here we go. Three, two, one. It's time now for the BitQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. All right, Chris Scheim fired off the open. He's now going to go eat uh, a sandwich on National Sandwich Day, and he's going to prepare Thank you. for his Greg Hill show uh, tomorrow. Uh, instead of Chris Scheim, I am joined here on this version of the BetQL Boston podcast by the great Dick Girardi, who we've had on the podcast for, it's going on over 10 years now. Uh, Dick spent a lot of time at the Daily Racing Forum, Philadelphia Inquirer. He's with us today, courtesy of betonline.ag. They have some cool prop bets that we'll talk about uh, coming up. And for those that uh, need a refresher, he's one of the best, not only handicappers we've ever had on the show, He's a guy who's been uh, you know, up close and personal with Buyer Speed Associates, the best speed figures in the business. He's also become the sharpest contest player in the country. Dick Girardi, happy Breeders' Cup, my friend. Yeah, I don't know if I'm the sharpest, but I'm in it. <laughs> That's for sure. But thank you for the intro, Mike. I appreciate it. You have two BCBC entries this year? I do. We've had a good year. Two BCBCs. I have two in the Pegasus in January. Oh. and qualified for a nice one at Santa Anita. So, yeah, I mean, I've made a study of these contests. And, yeah, it's like every year you learn a little bit more about how to play. And I had my best year. But you know what? It's all – we're in the playoffs now. So this is, where, this is where, where we find out who's got it and who doesn't. So we're going to focus on Saturday, folks. Uh, the, the, the juveniles are not my strength. I feel like it's kind of a guessing game. And, quite frankly, I didn't put the work in enough to feel like – I could talk uh, eloquently about it and give people ideas. Cave Rock looks like a cinch in the, in the juvenile on Friday. Looks like an awesome son of Arrogate. Uh, I would advise you to go to places like In the Money Media uh, with Pete Fornatel and Jonathan Kinchin, or you can go to Steve Bick, Steve Bick's podcast. Those guys do an unbelievable job at getting ready for big days. They can help you focus on Friday, Dick. We're going to focus on not one, not two. We're going to rip through all nine races on the Breeders' Cup card with a very simple premise. It's a pick and a price. The horse you think has the most likely chance to win and a price horse in the race. And we'll try to get through all nine races here in the next 25, 30 minutes. You can have a nice, tidy 30-minute podcast. Help yourself get ready with a sharp handicapper, Dick Girardi, joining us here to talk about one of the best days uh, in all of racing. There are some big favorites on the card, but certainly some ways around those, depending on how you want to bet this car. We're going to work backers. We're going to start with the big show, Dick. We're going to start with the Breeders' Cup Classic about 540 uh, Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington on Saturday. Uh, and the big show is Flightline, who is just freakishly fast. He's only run five times, now a sixth time in his career. He is 3-5 to five on the morning line. He is a standout on paper. Everything coming out of Lexington and going back to his home base in California says he is training like an absolute freight train. It feels like the, cul- the culmination and a coronation of a super horse dick. Let's get your thoughts on Flightline first in the Classic, and then we'll talk about other ideas to potentially, if there are any, ways to bet against a monster three to five favorite. So in the history of the buyer figures, which have been published in DRF now for 30 years, we've never had a horse start a career like this. Uh, the five buyers, 105, 114, 118, 112, and the insane 126. So it's really unprecedented, Mike, what Flightline has done up to this point. When you visualize this race, I mean, life is good as going to the front. Flightline's going to be sitting second than Hot Rod Charlie and Olympiad, so there's no reason he's not going to get a good trip. Uh, he's 3-5. to five. I think that's a fair number. I think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win by 19, but I think he's going to win by a considerable amount. He's just too good. The works have been awesome. I don't, I don't see any way to beat him. I'll give you a long shot, but if, if he gets beat, I will be absolutely shocked. How about the context of Flightline, Dick, for a second? We had Todd Shrupp on, on my show last night from FanDuel uh, TV and TVG, 
And he was talking about like comparing him and having this, the, the sports debate we have. You, you're a great, you know, columnist there at covering great teams in Philadelphia, where you'd probably debate, okay, different seventy sixers, different Eagles of different generations. Like in my lifetime, I seen some great horses, but for me, someone in my early forties, like there's an argument that Flightline is the best horse of my lifetime. Now it's only five career starts, but when I say that. Is your reaction a pushback, or does he have the credentials based on the buyer speed figures and the way he's finished these races? Is he in that conversation of best horses you've seen uh, covering the, the the sport of kings? Yeah, for sure. I think the way to look at it, Mike, just because of the unusual campaign, right, only five races, wasn't ready for the Triple Crown. Uh, the races are spread widely apart. You can say he's the fastest horse of the 21st century. I think wow. that's more than fair. The only horse you could compare him to at this point would be Gosapper, who had kind of a similar kind of campaigns. I mean, he raced a few more times, but not a lot. Um, but, yeah, there's nobody, again, with this combination of speed figures. But then if you want to go historical, and I wrote a column about it not long ago, it's really not a fair comparison because, you know, Man of War ran uh, 20 times. A citation ran 20 times in one year. Uh and Secretariat, of course, ran as, was a great two-year-old and a great three-year-old. Spectacular bit of a tremendous four-year-old. So it, it, you can't really compare it historically because there's just not those campaigns. But just on freakishly fast flight lines in the conversation, probably with any horse that ever lived. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and it's worth tuning in for those that are listening. Might be casual fans and not diehard handicappers. Uh, it's worth flipping on the TV at 5, 530 or so for NBC because – uh, at least based on the, the paper, based on the tape, he's going to put on a show and, and culminate just an unbelievable, free, again, freakish year uh, for Flightline. Uh, he is the number four in this race. He's three to five on the morning line. The fact that Dick is saying that's a fair price tells you how good this horse looks. Uh, how about underneath, Dick? For a lot of people, it's pretty simple. I think you're going to single Flightline and pick fours and pick fives and, and sort of watch the race as a fan. But if you're betting in the race, you get to that point in the day and it's like, man, I got 30 bucks left. How can I make a little money with a big favorite? At any long shots that you like, I will say ahead of time that uh, the, the third choice on the board, life is good. I'm completely against just based on the pace set up in this race, so I'm trying to get him out of it and get some other horses in it if I do play the race uh, vertically. Any thoughts under Flightline in the Classic? No, I think that's the right way to look at it. If uh, Flightline is going to run like he has, then life is good is probably not going to be second, just because of the nature of how the race is going to be run. Um, I think the three-year-olds have the best chance, Taba and Epicenter, but unfortunately they're also going to be the, the uh, uh, lowest exactness. I would think the 4-6, uh, which is Epicenter, is probably going to pay 7, and maybe the 4-1 pays 9. Um, I, I don't like the Derby winner, Rich Strike. I think Olympiad chases and tires. I don't even know if Happy Saber's making the race, but if he does, I, I don't give him any chance anyway. I think the best uh, value is going to be 4-5, Hot Rod Charlie second. I think that could pay as much as like 18 to 20, because um, I think Life is Good's not going to pay much, the 4-2. So that would be kind of where I would go, a 4-5. And, and I loved Hot Rod Charlie in the uh, Classic last year. And, Mike, if you remember, he ended up on the dead rail at Del Mar. That's really the only bad race he has on his paper. You can put a line through it. He's way better than he looks on that, yeah, in that race. It's funny. I had a chance to rewatch the race this morning, and he has dead aim. Like, you, ha- you had Nick's go hit yep. the top of the stretch. And to yep. their credit, that Nick's, they got Nick's go outside and Hot Rod Charlie. He, it's like he hit the top of the stretch, Dick, full of run, and hit the brakes. Yep. Actually, it faded for fourth because two horses on his outside – 
ended up going past him for second and third. So I've always liked this horse. I love the campaign that Doug O'Neill has had here. Uh, he wins at all distances. He's four for five in the money at a mile and a quarter. He is certainly going to be on my exact and trifecta tickets uh, with Epicenter, who I think is a, a, in, in just awesome form. His Travers, having been there, was a, a spectacular run. They've trained him up to this race. So I'm interested in those three. Uh, and Dick's telling you that uh, Hot Rod Charlie, the number five horse, providing uh, some value underneath. He's 15-1 on the morning line, and we'll see what happens uh, with the race in the Breeders' Cup Classic. We'll work backwards. We'll still go right to race number 10. It's the Breeders' Cup Long Jeans Turf. This race has been dominated by Europeans, especially at Keeneland Racecourse, Dick. I mean, their their record two years ago, 2020, the COVID year, was just spectacular. They showed up with Charles Appleby and won everything. The American Hope is Warlike Goddess. Uh, do you want to be with the American Hope, or their Euros that you want to focus on in the turf on Saturday? Yeah, I just think the Euros are better. I, I think if you start trying, generally messing around with the American turf horses, with a couple of exceptions, most years you're you're in the wrong place. To me, it just came down to the question is, which is the better Charlie Appleby horse? Nation's Pride, right? He's had a real good campaign here this year, including winning the uh, Jockey Club Derby Invitational in spectacular fashion back in mid-September. Or is it the horse that's been running in Germany uh, and winning group ones there and and, uh, Rebels Romance? And I tend to think it's more likely Mike Nation's Pride. And I say this because who's riding? William Buick usually rides the Appleby horses that they think have the best chance, and he's he's not he's not riding Rebels Romance. So I, I'm I'm leaning toward Nation's Pride. This is not a race I have a huge opinion on, uh, but yeah, Nation's Pride is my pick. Nation's Pride is the seven seven and two on the morning line. If that was the pick, is there a price that stands out at all, or is it basically try to get through this race in the in the picks and use the euros? And I guess I would ask is you since you didn't want to pick Warlike Goddess. Uh, would you have her in your mix at all coming off that win in the Turf, Cla- Turf Classic, two for two at Keeneland, five for five going a mile and a half? Right, like, I don't dislike her at all. I mean, she she's really, really good. I just think that she's been running against much weaker competition. Uh, again, the American Turf Horses. I mean, she ran by Bye Bye Melvin, uh, Love Graham Motion, but he, he was in an optional claimer uh, the race before. So uh, how good is he really? Uh Mishra, if it just fascinates me why he's in the race, I can't quite figure it out because obviously he's been a phenomenal horse, but just no form recently. Yeah, maybe I, I'll give you I'll give you one. This is a bit of a crazy horse. Just watching him work, uh, Masterpiece, the eight. On paper, I don't think he has any chance, but I loved his last workout at Santa Anita. I mean, I loved it. So he he interests me as a possible horse. They could maybe be like third. I don't. He's, I don't think he's got any chance to win. But he's going to be every every bit of twenty to one or more uh, for my man Michael McCarthy, who's one of the best. Yeah, and Aiden O'Brien's got a couple in here. I chased Stone Age a couple times as a three-year-old earlier this year, both the Belmont Derby and the Saratoga Derby. Uh, short prices in both at two to one and three to one. You get fifteen to one this time around. Tough to back officially, but uh, I'm going to take a shot with with Broom as my horse running second to uh, Yabir last year. You mentioned a German bred, a German bred winning it, but I think this is all the Europeans. I'll try to get through with the Euros and focus on the horses that uh, you mentioned for Charlie Appleby and then Broom for Aiden O'Brien. Getting Irad Ortiz, that that is an interesting pairing. Getting uh, Irad for Aiden O'Brien, Dick, you don't see that very often. You don't, but look, I think everybody in the world knows how good he is, and when he comes to these big race days, they want to get him on their horses. He's riding for so many different trainers over the two days, and, and Irad seems to me he's live all over the place. 
Sure does. Uh, the ninth race starts the late pick three. It's the Breeders' Cup Distaff. It's the classic for the Phillies and Mares, and these are very familiar horses. Malafat, uh, Clarier, Nest, Search Results, Society has come on late. It's it's that group of five to me. Uh, a little hard to separate, Dick, but I think it's that five to get through. i got to figure out who are A's and who's are C's, but uh, I'm sure your pick comes from those five, and Nest being the big favorite at nine to five. So he's a little, seems a little short. Little short on the line to me. Do you want to go with or against Nest here in the distaff? Yeah, I'm going to play against Nest. I, I got nothing against her. Obviously, she's had a phenomenal year. I just think the price is going to be all wrong versus her chances of winning. Um, I, I find this race among the more fascinating because of how it's going to get bet. The two Pletcher Phillies are obviously going to be the favorite, the second favorite in some order. I, as I look at the race, Society, who I, I watched win the Cotillion. Uh, watch when the Charlestown Oaks gets two uh, triple-digit buyer figures. And it's probably going to take a little over 100 to win the race. Well, she's going to be losing the lead again. Uh, the difference is she's going to be chased by a really good horse this time in search results. But I, I actually am going to pick Society just because I think she's lone speed, and I think she might be a little ignored in the wagering because uh, I'm not sure people are going to buy those two races. I buy them. I think she's gotten that good. And the only race she got beat, you can put a line through. She completely missed the break. Um, but you see, you see hardly a cinch. I mean, search results could uh, could uh, stalk and pass. Clarier could come and go. And obviously, either of the Fletchers could win. And my man, Mike Welsh, has been all over blue stripe this week on the workouts. I don't see anything on paper, but, you know, if Mike says she's live, she's live. All right, so we'll put you down for society as your pick there. We'll yep. give you blue stripe. Uh, as a price, there's a lot of ways you can go in this race. I like the idea of society on the front end. And as Dick said, the only bad race on the card this year was in that CA Oaks at Saratoga. Broke slowly, then rushed up into a massive pace that, and then ended up running fourth. Has bounced out of that really well. Gets Florent Giroux. Uh, should be in front. And uh, at 6-1 to one would be a very fair price. We'll put uh, Dick down for society. And then the number two blue stripe, 20-1 to one, uh, on the morning line coming out of the win in the Clement Hirsch for Hector Berrios, who, for those who remember, he was the New York jockey who took West. He's he's become a good jockey out West, Dick. For sure. No, no, I've, I watched a lot of Santa Anita, and, yeah, he's, he's, he's very talented. The race I've done the least amount of work on, and it is a skullbuster every year, is the Breeders' Cup Fan Duel Mile. They'll go a mile uh, on the turf there at Keeneland. They run some great turf races there. They run the uh, the turf mile. They run the Maker's Mark. They run the Appalachian. So they're used to running big turf races here. Uh, and a very interesting field, Modern Games, who who won this uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile a year ago, technically, but was running for purse money only. You have uh, Smooth Like Straight, who was second a year ago. Regal Glory for Chad Brown, getting a lot of buzz. Uh, and a three-year-old in Annapolis who is uh, winding into form. Matt Bernier loves Annapolis. He picked uh, that horse last week. We talked to him about some of the Breeders' Cup races. It's deep. It's tough. Dick, help us out with the Breeders' Cup mile, race number eight. All right. So after the Woodbine mile, I, I, I just said, all right, well, that's it. The, the mile's over. Modern Games is going to win. Yep. But then he went back to back to your England, uh, and then he runs at Ascot. And that was, I mean, Baid was the big favorite in that race. He ran second. I, clearly, I don't think he liked the ground. You, he just never really dug in. But I would much prefer to just have him run the Woodbine race and not this race a couple weeks ago. So I'm a little concerned about that. I mean, if he runs back to Woodbine, he wins. I'm going to give you a, a, I'm going to give you the three. Dream Loper. I love. I just watched the video of her uh, race at Longchamp. It was a powerhouse race. She pulverized Order of Australia in that race. 
if she can give you that race again, she's got a real chance. Uh, I actually, domestic spending is fascinating to me, but just through a hideous, a hideous post position. Uh, Regal Glory, yes, no doubt. Smooth like straight, I'm a big fan of, but I think with Beyond Brilliant in the race, that, that kind of compromises his chances. Uh, but, yeah, I like Dream Loper, who's listed at six and maybe higher. Yeah, and you mentioned that the post position, people should be aware. Uh, the, the outside post positions on the dirt, so about 10 through 14 at the fall meet at Keeneland were four for 49, and nobody lined up 13 or 14. So it's it's not a great spot to be in. And the mile and shorter on turf, Dick, same sort of thing, like 10 out is almost like a death sentence. And I was curious, I, I was trying to explain to somebody that it, I, I wouldn't cross a horse out based on post position, but – I would use it as a tiebreaker that the outside in the turf sprint and the turf mile race, that's not where you want to be. No, you do not. I mean, it just everything's got to go perfectly at that point, Mike, and things just generally don't go perfectly in big fields at a, at, in a one-turn, in a two-turn mile race. All right, so Dream Loper, the three, any price horse you want to put uh, in what is a wide-open mile, it feels like, Dick. Yeah, totally wide open. I, I, maybe look just because I'm I'm such a fan of the of the trainer. Maybe smooth like straight. I, yep. I don't know if, if he's actually going to go off at the price that he's listed at. Uh, that seems ten to one. That's what he was last year when I absolutely loved him and and blew the exact because Charlie Appleby won with Space Blues. Uh, but I learned a valuable lesson that day. Uh, when you like a ten to one, make sure if you run second, you make some money. <laughs> Oh, that is something to uh, have this weekend. Dick Girardi joining us, race number seven in the Breeders' Cup Sprint, and a, a similar situation to last year here, Dick. No Jack Christopher, which is disappointing for Chad Brown, one of the better three-year-olds we saw this year. So, just like at Del Mar, you have a, a Jackie's Warrior for Steve Asmussen as a major, major favorite. They pointed to this race. Uh, if you read some of the stuff this week, this is the reason they came back to run at the age of four to win the Classic. Instead of going from Saratoga to Parks this year, they skipped the Parks race. He's been on the bench that's being run down by Cody's Wish at uh, a, a very short price there on Travers Day. I have not watched the training, so I'm curious what the, the training says about Jackie's Warrior. And at four to five, uh, can you start the late pick five by singling uh, Asmussen and potentially uh, a final career race for a really, really good horse? Yeah, really good horses, right? Only two times he's run bad races, unfortunately, with the two times he was in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can excuse the one as a two-year-old. He just didn't want to go that far. And last year, he was another victim. He, he caught the dead rail at Del Mar, and he was injured after the race. Uh, so I think you can put a line through that race. The Jack Christopher scratch was gigantic uh, for, uh, for for Jackie's Warrior. Now it looks to me like he's, he's the speed. Uh, and if he gets out there, and I, I, the one thing that concerns me about him Mike, he doesn't seem to have quite the pop he used to have at the beginning, which does happen as horses get older. Uh, but I think he's got to be right there and maybe loose on the lead. He's the most likely winner at what's going to be a, a hideous price. He's probably going to be four to five or less, I would think. But, yeah, I, I think he's the most likely winner. If he's the most likely winner, uh, what kind of price do you want to use with Jackie's Warrior underneath? This is a race that – you know, we saw it last year, Aloha West from the clouds. Uh, we've seen some yeah. some pace meltdowns. Anyone you want to use uh, that you key in exactors or tries here, Dick? Yeah, I give American Theorem a bit, a bit of a chance before. I kind of like I, I like his form at, in California. I like his recent work. Um, I'll give you Flash of Mischief, who's 30-1, to one, who just comes off the career best buyer number. 
I don't know if that if that's going to happen again, but if it does, you're going to get a nice exacta with the favorites. So maybe a little nine with the four and 11 would be my best. But I, Kamari, I think, is the most likely horse to finish second, but that's also going to be the chalk exacta. It's going to be. And I, the one thing I want to point out, and this is one of the cool things about using Formulator, I, I had a note still in there from last year's Breeders' Cup. You know, Wesley Ward is a really was a really good horse and had, had won the Madison uh, last year, but men missed like six months. And Ward said at the time, Ward said that she's a better dirt horse, but she's not ready for the to go the six or seven furlongs. We're going to put her in the turf sprint. Well, she ran in the turf sprint. She ran seventh that day at eight to one, the Golden Pal. She has come back and been really good on dirt. So they wanted a race like this a year ago. She got hurt. Now she's in good form. Her back-to-back career best buyers, two for three at Cleveland, two for two at the distance. I'm with you. I, I'm going to probably cost myself some money, but I'm going to use as with – with Jackie's Warrior, either either as an A or my loan B here, because I, I think that this horse has been pointing to this race here. She's fast enough, and if Jackie's Warrior has a third straight struggle in a Breeders' Cup, I think it's Kamari, yep. but I'm also just now in the two horses you mentioned, Dick, the number four uh, and the number 11 in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, Breeders' Cup, Philly, in Mar- oh, cut you off. Sorry, bud. No, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, I think you you, caught, you covered it there. Kamari's a very good horse. To me, uh, I would bet I would bet her without without Jackie's Warrior. I would bet her in the race. Yeah, we'll see. Four to one might be a bettable price. Uh, a lot of buzz in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. The Chad Brown has a wire opportunity, a mile and a three sixteenth in Italia on the outside. Looks like the lone speed. Uh, Aiden O'Brien's got Tuesday in here. Uh, Nashua for for John Godson above the curve for Joseph O'Brien. Again, these turf races. A lot of horses that I'm not familiar with, a lot of tape that Dick has watched as he preps for the BCBC. Help us out with uh, these Phillies and Mares going a mile and 316. Yeah, I think the, uh, the 11 in Italian is absolutely loose on the lead. And if you look at her paper, she's 5 for 5 when she gets clear. The only race that she didn't win clear was the race at Churchill on Derby Day, which I don't count because that turf horse was like, <laughs> how should we say this nicely, unusual. Um, so I would just put a line through that race. Yeah. I do think she's clear. I, look, Chad obviously knows that he, he's like a European trainer. He just happens to be in New York. Um, so I, I think she has a big chance. She, she would be my pick in here. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned all the Euros that are certainly solid. I'm having a little trouble separating them. Probably Nashua. Uh, but that's that's where you're looking probably at the second favorite and the favorite. So not not a lot of paper here. I, and I thought Moira, the 12, got an absolutely brutal trip in the EP Taylor. Uh, whatever could go wrong did go wrong. And then she ends up getting disqualified at the end of it. Again, I, I, I bet like five of these races a year, these European races over there on these big European days. But uh, I would include Tuesday, the number five horse for Aiden O'Brien. In your exact is yeah. uh, Dick. So the one thing I always like to look at is uh, when they made the, the European European races and across they, the right-handed turns, the straightaways, and left-handed turns, which we have here uh, in our country. Obviously, they're they're turning left. Uh, Tuesday on the card, uh, Broker Maiden going left, uh, finished uh, second uh, in the Yorkshire Oaks, going a left-handed turn, and won the Epsom Oaks going left-hand. So two races, a first and a second. Used to doing this, didn't like the softness of the uh, uh, the Pretty Opera last time out. Ryan Moore, Aiden O'Brien, the number five Tuesday, I think is really interesting in that race, a race where the Euros have really done well. Uh, Breeders' yep. Cup, Philly and Mare Sprint, seven furlongs. Uh, it's race number – no, I got, I'm, I'm going to race out of, out of place here. I have the number five – race number five, the Dirt Mile, which is a yep. tough race here, Dick, because 
you know, I, I, I heard Rick Hammerly talking about this. He spent a lot of time in racing in different jurisdictions. And uh, as a handicapper, it's an annoying race because it, it weakens the sprint and the classic. I guess for owners, if you don't have a great horse but you want to run on Breeders' Cup Day and not be 50-1 to 1, uh, in classic, you can run here. Uh, Laurel River, Gunite has been really good. Cody's Wish, who ran down uh, Jackie's Warrior in the forego. Interesting field here going a mile on the dirt, including Cyberknife, one of the better three-year-olds this year. Where do you want to go in the dirt mile race number five on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And not just uh, because of the talent of the horses, but how they're going to bet the race. Uh, Pipeline's going to get bet. Gunite's going to get bet. Laurel River, Cody's Wish, Cyberknife. Who's the favorite? I think probably Cody's Wish. Uh, And I thought he got a nice setup. I'm not sure two turns is as good for him as one, but it's not like he can't do it. Uh, Gunite has been great. I'm not sure about two turns for him and back in two weeks. Yep. Uh, Cyberknife, I didn't really love his PA Derby. Uh, Pipeline, I think, is dangerous. He dealt with Jackie's Warrior. I like Laurel River. Loved his last race. Loved the workout. A clearly Baffert pointed for this race. And he came out of a race with three next out winners. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Laurel River. I'm just a little confused about who's going to be what price in this race. Yeah, I, I well, there's a lot of buzz on Laurel River. It feels like uh, he might go off as the favorite coming off that Pat O'Brien win. And a note on Steve Asmussen, because you mentioned the two weeks back, I was surprised because Steve does not do this very much. Over the last five years, according to Formulator, Asmussen 0 for 9 with runners and stakes races coming back in 12 to 16 days. So he crushed, yeah, it, in the peri- crushed in the Perryville, but this is a different animal, Dick, like you said, two turns. And I, lo- I love Gunite. Like, his Amsterdam was the only thing I got right in Saratoga this summer, so I'm a fan of Gunite. But this is a tall tat. Two turns, two weeks? I'm not yeah, sure it's 7-2. to two. Older horses, yeah. No, it's, it's a really tough go. And, and it almost looks to me like it was a bit of an afterthought. Like, oh, my God, Gunite's really good. Let's put him in. They, they weren't going to put him in the sprint right against Jackie's Warrior. So here he is. But, yeah, that, that's my theory. But. Could he win? Yeah. So could four or five other horses in there. That kind of race. In my dumb idea, I'm with you on Laurel River. My dumb price idea is going to be the two simplification, who I really like to, to be a number in the Derby, was fourth at 35-1. to one. He finally cuts back to a mile. He won the, the, the Mucho Macho Man over the winter. Didn't beat much, uh, to be fair. Only six runners that day, but he's one for one at a mile. Third off the layoff for uh, Antonio Sano, who does a great job down there in Florida. And he gets Luis Saez, so... I'm going to try to get simplification into the money with the Baffert Horse Laurel River uh, in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Then a fourth race on the day, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Uh, as I say every year, this is roulette on horseback. Uh, it is random. Uh, good luck picking a winner. Unless you want to defer to the guy trying to do it again, Golden Pal, trying to win a third straight day on Breeders' Cup, maybe the best turf sprinter of my lifetime all signs say go, better form than last year, but 2-1 to one on the morning line. How do you want to attack the big favorite, Golden Pal, and the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, Dick? Yeah, for the reason you cite, uh, Mike, this is a roulette kind of a race. Oh, yeah. So, therefore, what is the known in this race? That Golden Pal's going to be in front. Yeah. You know that. He's not going to be in any traffic trouble. Uh, he's proven it. Obviously, he's gone for three in a row. He won the juvenile turf. Uh, he won the turf at Santa Anita. I to me, he looks like he's in as good a form as he's ever been. Um, I, I like him. Uh, I got a couple long shots. I think the 13 Casadero, I love this race at Woodbine. And I loved how Artemis City Limits never stopped trying uh, when he ran third to Golden Pal. And I think they're, gonna, they're both bombs, 20 and 30 to 1. 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to try to do a little golden pal with those two maybe and see if I can make something out of that. But there's a lot of good horses in here. I'm a little confused about the Euro contingent. i got to see them win this race a couple of times before I start believing they can actually do it. What would you make of Wesley Ward's other horse, uh, Campanelle, the the filly, the four-year-old filly yes. with the Tory? I got, I, I, she could absolutely be second uh, if Golden Pal does what he does. Yeah, she's solid. No, no, no problem with her. Other than that's going to be one of the shorter exactas. Uh, you know, you know, you're asking for bombs, and I'm yep. giving you some bombs here. Oh yeah, I, 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 I was interested to see if you thought she was a contender uh, in that oh, spot. The, the other Wesley Ward. I, I, I mentioned the bad post position numbers on the dirt uh, at Keeneland this fall uh, in in the sprint races, uh, sprint to a mile on the turf. Uh, spots 10 through 14, and Dick gave you a couple outside horses, just one for 14. So it's been kind of an issue, but you, by the way, you're getting paid because Dick Girardi just gave you two absolute bombs on the outside. Casadero is going to be a huge price there uh, over that 20 to 1 morning line, and Mike Maker is going to be, I mean, he's going to be a silly price, and Mike Maker has won races uh, like this quite a bit in his career, uh, maybe one of the more underrated traders in the United States. Uh, it's all going to start at 10.50 a.m., at least the Breeders' Cup side of it. We'll be on stage at Mohegan Sun, myself and Anthony Stabile, hoping to hand out winners there at the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare Sprint. Uh, interesting field here. CeCe, the defending champ, is back in here. Uh, you got Frank's Rocket. Uh, you have Goodnight Olive for Chad Brown, who feels a lot like Wavell Avenue a couple years ago. And you have a closer who I like, but I feel like the entire world likes and obligatory for Bill Mott. Uh, your thoughts on the first Breeders' Cup race of the day, race three on Saturday. Right. So the one thing that sticks out is there's four or five confirmed, hey, I got to go to the front kind of horses here, right? Yep. Uh, Slammed, Hot Peppers, Lady Rocket, Echo Zulu, they're all going to be out there. So it does look like it should set up for a closer, like obligatory. And the problem with any kind of a closer like that is you got to get through traffic. You got to get the right setup. I thought her last race was way better than it looked. She looked like she was making a big move, and she just got slammed on the far turn. So she would have been closer to Goodnight Olive, maybe even right there. I think Goodnight Olive is going to be the favorite, and I think she should be. Her recent form is great. I think CC may get a similar setup to, to last year, but this is a way better field than last yeah. year. Yeah. And, and remember last year there was only – it was a really short field, right? It was just, I think it was five horses in a race or something. Oh, it was good. Last year. You know what happened, Dick? Gamine scared him off, and Gamine could only get yeah. third in that race. Exactly. And Gamine got on that dead rail, and she was yep. out of it. And I think a, a bit of a price. I, Frank's Rockette was a horse I always liked as a two year old. All of a sudden, she's just gotten a little much better this year and recently. Her last two races were sensational. Uh, two back, she missed the break. Flavian Prado, you know I love. I, I didn't think he hurt particularly well. He rushed her up uh, after she stumbled at the beginning. She took the lead and then got caught in the last jump by Kamari. And then the Charlestown race was sensational. So I give her a chance. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm probably not going to like the price, but obligatory to me, given the way the race sets up, most likely winner, along with maybe a little Frank's rocket. Yeah, just so much buzz for the horse. I'm with you. Uh, it feels like a pace meltdown. If, if you're not getting a fast pace here, you're not going to get a fast pace in any of the right. eight races on this day. Exactly. So, uh, six, six to one morning line will probably be uh, short of that, but it's a quality horse and gets a great setup off the layoff. Uh, two for six lifetime in the distance. I'm with you, the number seven horse, not six horse, excuse me. Obligatory. Uh, if we, if you had to summarize it, Dick, I, I know we went over nine races here pretty quickly. Unbelievable job by you. Is there a spot in terms of a sequence or a race that we've, we've gone over here? You know you're going to be playing in the BCBC where you feel like it's your strongest opinion. People are playing on Saturday, and then they can 
they could be hanging out with you and they said, what's your best opinion, what's your best idea, either a race or a horse? I've gone over all nine. All nine. Does one stand out, Dick, as look at this great uh, field of races on Saturday? Yeah, probably society. And not that she's a cinch, but I, she's hard, hardly a cinch. That race is terrific. I just think she has the right setup. She's going to be loose. And the price is going to be higher than it should be for a horse whose figures are the same as the horses who are going to be favored. So I just think that circumstance is the one I like the best uh, for a situation. Maybe you could frame some bets around society in the distance. It's an interesting spot, too, right? It's going to be part of the late picks. It's going to be part of uh, that late pick three you can get involved in. Uh, and if people want to get involved, they go to betonline.ag. They have some cool prop bets uh, there, some heads-up bets uh, in those races, all the stuff that's going on uh, with the races there on uh, Friday as well, some of the juvenile races. It's, you're, not, you're not short on opportunities to get involved this weekend, Dick. No, you are not. That's the greatest thing about the Breeders' Cup. And you, look, and you don't have to be right that often, Mike. You get the right price. You maybe only have to be right once or twice over the two days. Uh, if you frame your bets the right way around the horses or the best opinion. And my, my, for me, sometimes it's not necessarily the best opinion. It's the best price in relation to the opinion. Uh, and I think that's something people need to keep in mind. Uh, a couple of these prop bets, Dick, will get you out on this. Uh, they, they've, at betonline.ag, your buddy Jimmy and company have put up the over-under on the winning distance in the Classic at five and a half lengths. You want to go over-under uh, on the winning distance uh, in the Classic. Over. Yeah, I'm going over. Uh, <laughs> if Flightline wins like I think he's going to win, he's going to win by more than five and a half. Uh, he's not winning by 19. I mean, there's just too many good horses in here. Uh, but, yeah, if he blows the race open, say, at the three eights and does what he did at Del Mar, then, yeah, I think he's going to win by a gigantic margin. Uh, so you, got a lot of work. You, you got a lot of work to do. You're a busy man. You have not one but two entries because you're such a tournament to hound these days uh, for the BCBC. Uh, Dick Girardi does excellent work, whether he's writing at DRF or helping us out here on the podcast every single year. It should be fun, Dick. I, I like the East Coast Breeders' Cup, I'm being honest, because the I was looking back at the times last year. They run the Classic at like 9 o'clock at night when they put race it at Del Mar. It's a nice 5, 5.30 on Saturday is about my speed for the Breeders' Cup. There you go. That'll be great. It'll be wild two days, and can't wait to see flight line at the end of it on Saturday. Dick, good luck this weekend. I'll be charting you in the Breeders' Cup uh, betting challenge down at Mohegan Sun and uh, rooting you home. Get it done, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you so much, as always. You got it. Thank you, Mike. Uh, there he is, our guy Dick Girardi, courtesy of BetOnline.ag. Uh, all nine races on Saturday in a nice, tidy, about 35, 40-minute uh, podcast, which means about 30 minutes if you go my, uh, uh, one and a quarter speed, which uh, Shime, Chris Scheim joins again. I, I listen to all podcasts now one and a quarter speed. It's like it's the natural speed for me. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'm normally used to listening to audio at two times speed. So I... Really? Oh, because like, editing. Because of my editing. job. Yeah, when I'm oh, editing yeah, audio, true. I have to rip through stuff, especially when you're just looking for, you know, one sentence out of an entire press conference. I have oh. to be able to go through it as fast as possible. So I'm used to listening to audio at two times speed anyway. So I perfect podcast speed for me is one and a half times. So I will have uh, some opportunities to let people know what I like on Breeders' Cup Day in the BetQL app. Uh, we've told you about this before. It's free to download. Yes, you have to sign up. But that's every app these days. Once you sign up on the BetQL app on your mobile phone, uh, go to the chat function right-hand corner. Click on the uh, Breeders' Cup chat. I'll be chatting in there the entire day. It's like texting with me. Like, if you ever want to say, boy, can I text Mutt to see which horse he likes so I can toss those horses because he's an idiot? <laughs> this is the way to do it. I'll be picking winners in every single race or giving my picks every single race, chatting with uh, horse racing fans across the country. But you got to be in the app. I will not be as active on Twitter. 
I'm going to be focused on the BetQL app. Download. I know I've already Scotty at New Balance already has. Sassing me up by text this morning. Uh, BetQL app. And if you're in the area and uh, you're going to watch college football, maybe going to Luke Combs concert, if you have like millions of dollars based on how expensive the tickets are, <laughs> uh, I will be at Mohegan Sun on Saturday for the Breeders' Cup party. 11 to 6 or so in the uh, sports book. Come by and say hello and tell us how much you like Chris Chimes' Prince of Bucks picks. Please do. Pretty, much, pretty simple. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. If you like this podcast, we certainly could use the help at uh, Odyssey uh, app on Spotify or check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, which is where I get my podcast. Shine, thank you for staying late for a second podcast today. Uh, you and I will talk Friday morning for our full pick em, right? We got picks yes, and props sir. Picks and Friday props. at 10 a.m. I can't wait, man. It's going to be good. I gotta get back to work, man. I got you. Well, you have to text me your first pick. You won again. You went three and zero. Oh, that's right. Oh, look at me. I get to go first <gasps> again. Sheesh. Humble brag on sandwich day. <laughs> All right, we'll talk Friday morning. Thank you, buddy. See you, mutt.